You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Let me tell you a story. Six months back, a Bangalore-based IT professional received a summons from the tax department. A summons, in simple words, is a tax notice. The summons demanded an explanation for his failure to report 22 euros deposited in his bank account in Germany. The engineer, who did not want to be identified, claimed that he had never opened an account in that country. On seeing the notice, panic set in and he was running from pillar to post to find out which is this account that he is not aware of. He soon realized that this happened when he left his previous company in 2017. The employee stock options that were offered to him by the parent company in Germany was automatically sold off when he quit the firm and the balance 22 euros owed to him was transferred to an account opened in his name and managed by a brokerage there. In a tax summon, the taxpayer has to visit the IT office and so did this IT professional. There, the tax officials informed him that high-value transactions of about 20,000 euros, which is equal to about 18 lakh, were done in this account, and that this would be scrutinized under the Black Money Act. This transaction, however, was the proceeds of the automated share sales, and yet he was not aware that he had to declare the stock options as foreign assets. This is a true story and not a standalone case. Many employees of MNCs who have been allotted ESOPs by the parent company located outside India are on the taxman's radar these days. ESOPs, RSUs, and dividend income from such shares are considered as foreign assets, but many employees fail to report them in their ITR. But what they don't know is that such assets can be scrutinized under the Black Money Act, which concerns undisclosed foreign income and assets. In today's episode, I'm going to tell you all about taxation of foreign ESOPs, RSUs. and when and how these are to be reported in the ITR hi and welcome back to why not mint money i'm shupra from mint's personal finance team prakash hegde who is a ca in bangalore has joined me today as the expert speaker welcome to why not mint money a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started with your money journey hi mr hegde and welcome to why not mint money hi thanks supra uh so sir let's start with the basics which is by understanding that how foreign esops and rsus are taxed yeah sure see uh, generally there are three types of stock benefits which are given by the mncs to their employees the first type is restricted stock units which are called as rsus in case of rsus the employees will be entitled for the credit of the stocks into their account subject to fulfillment of some conditions the usual conditions are say if the employee stays for a period of 1 year or 2 years they will be given some shares free of cost right these types of stocks are called rsus the second category is employee stock option plan which is more prevalent in the industry mm. that's esops in case of esops the employee will be given a particular period after which the stocks get vested and he will get the right to exercise those stocks but he will have to pay the price which has been agreed upfront at the time of grant of those stocks 
Right. So after the shares get vested, he will have an option to exercise. And usually employees will exercise only if the stock price at that point in time is more than the price what he has to pay. If the stock value is less than the price what he has to pay, obviously the employee will not exercise. That's why it's called as option. Right. The third type is called employee stock purchase plan, where a part of employee's regular salary will be accumulated over a given period and he will be allowed to purchase the shares of the parent company, which will be an MNC. Hmm. And those shares will be given to the employee at a discount. Usual discount rate, which is prevalent, is about 15%. Some companies may give a higher discount also. Right. These are the uh, three types of stocks which are usually given to the employees of the MNCs. With regard to taxation of these three categories, let us discuss that. Hmm. The first one, RSUs, they will be taxed as soon as they are transferred to the employee because employee will get the ownership at that point in time upon transfer. The fair market value of these shares, which will be determined by a SEBI merchant banker, that amount will be considered as the taxable perquisite value in the hands of the employee. Okay. And uh, the fair market value that you mentioned is determined by a SEBI registered merchant banker. Who obtains this? Does the employer uh, do this exercise or is it the employee? Like whose responsibility is it? It is employer's responsibility because employer has to decide what is the value of the perquisite and he has to determine what is the amount of TDS which has to be deducted. So the employer does that. Okay. And for RSUs, when the stocks get vested or um, transferred to the employee, the uh, employee will be required to pay the tax in India. And usually it would be 30% or slightly higher depending on the rate of surcharge. Right. Employee may not have enough cash in hand and also employer may not want to disturb the take-home pay. For that purpose, almost all the MNCs, hmm. while transferring these free-of-cost shares to the employees, will sell a part of the shares, usually 30% or about one-third of these shares in the overseas market. And that amount will be received by the Indian subsidiary. And that amount would be the tedious that would be payable by the Indian company. That is how this TDS gets funded. Employee need not have to fund the TDS amount. Right. So the rationale for uh, selling 30% shares is that basically it's equivalent to the tax lab of the employee who's getting the RSUs. Correct. Right. Okay. As far as the taxation of those shares which have been sold is concerned, the actual sale value minus the fair market of the shares would be the capital gain which has to be shown in the income tax return by the employee. Right. Though theoretically, the sale price on the date of sale should be equal to the fair market value of those shares on that day, practically there will be some minor differences. 
and that difference could be either positive or negative but the employee is required to report the value of sales and the cost cost will in this case will be nothing but the value which has been shown as a perquisite by the employer that and differential he has to show if it is uh, uh, say positive that's a capital gain he has to pay the additional taxes or if it is negative he can set it up against any other capital gain or income subject to other rules of in the income tax law right and later say uh, he may re- decide to retain the rsus for a longer duration or he may immediately sell it off once he sells it off again he has to show the entire value of sales at that point in time as the sale price in the capital gain schedule and the perquisite value which has been already subjected to tax by way of tds by the employer that will be the cost the differential will be the gain or it could be a loss right right understood so at the time of vesting essentially uh to there are two parts to be reported declared one is the stocks that you're getting in your name the, the stocks that are getting vested and the second are the capital gains that you make on the 30% stocks uh, that are being sold in an automated sort say is that right yes absolutely right that's the way it has to be right further when these stocks are continuously held by the employee in his demat account those companies may declare and pay dividend that dividend usually gets credited to the account of the employee held by the concerned stock broker overseas that dividend will also be taxable as soon as they are declared in the year of declaration the employee is required to report that income in his income tax return as income from other sources and he has to pay the tax on that amount as well all right but won't any tax be withheld on these dividends in the in the overseas country where it is being transferred and held yes uh, most of the in most of the cases the taxes will be withheld in the overseas country even then since the employee would be qualifying as a resident of india he is required to offer his global income to tax in india in case any taxes have been paid overseas then he can claim a credit for those taxes in his income tax return and for that purpose before filing the tax return he has to file form number 67 and claim the credit along with that form he has to submit the proof that he has paid taxes overseas right right but for the reason that he has paid taxes overseas he is not allowed to claim entire exemption or say that i did not offer it here those explanations are not acceptable because he is qualifying as a resident mm-hmm. only in the case of non residents there is no requirement to report any of these right right so that's about rsus and dividends uh what about esop how are these taxed with regard to esops once the shares get vested which will happen say after a given period of time from the date of grant the employee will have the option to exercise that is to say that i want to go ahead and purchase these shares and when he places a request for exercise the shares will be transferred to him but 
the transfer will happen only if he has he is okay to pay the price what he has agreed at the time of grant in most of the cases employees will not have enough funds to pay that cost so they will go for the option of cashless exercise which is nothing but the employee will purchase the shares and sell at the same time so that the sale price what is recovered will get adjusted against the cost and he will be receiving the differential amount as the gain in such cases the employee will have two transactions at the same time the first transaction will be getting the shares which will be the perquisite to the extent of the fair market value of those shares the second transaction will be the sale of shares which may result in capital gain or capital loss it usually it will not result in capital loss because otherwise employee will not exercise at all so it will be capital gain both these transactions have to be reported in the income tax return right similar to rsus similar to rsus right so one question here sir uh with esops you know there is a vesting period from the year in which they are granted to the year in which they exercise so what about this vesting period do these need to be declared by the employee in their itr even during the vesting period it wouldn't be required because the grant will not give him any right to sell that particular grant and recover anything it will not have any marketable value hmm. though it will give him some right against the company to get those shares at a later point in time subject to fulfillment of many conditions which are contingent which may or may not happen so i don't think the employee is required to report the details of grant in the income tax return only after the vest even after vesting also i don't think he has to report it only after exercise once the shares get transferred to him or once the shares are sold he is required to report right so sir as we've seen from our discussion so far that uh, the employer the onus of paying tax on the perquisite is on the employer and they are diligently doing that so there is no you know tax evasion as such that is not the problem then then why is it that these employees are getting notices the employees are definitely getting the tds payment done through their employer with regard to the perquisite value of the stocks what these employees are getting right but payment of tax on perquisite is one part of the obligation which every employee has to comply with but the story doesn't end there he has some more obligations what he has to fulfill he is required to report the details of all the sales what have been made on his behalf also he is required to pay the taxes on capital gains if there is a capital gain thirdly if he has received any dividend or any other income say interest on dividend which might have got accumulated there he is required to report that in the income tax return also pay the taxes on that not only that even after payment of all this he is not relieved of the responsibility he is also required to report in the fa schedule the details of all these holdings the sales the income everything in case he fails to do any of these mm-hmm. then the uh, he has not 
fulfilled the required obligations as per the income tax law. In the, in case he receives the notice, it will be difficult to explain. Right. And how prevalent as, is this problem? I mean, uh, why is it that employees are missing reporting these incomes? Is awareness a problem, or what is it? Do they think that because the tax is paid, so you know, there? I mean, there's nothing for them to do. What seems to be the problem here? Most of the employees are under the impression that whatever benefit they are getting is because of the employment, and once the company withholds and pays the TDS on the employment benefits, which they think is a comprehensive liability, which is discharged, mm-hmm. they feel that they have no further obligation. Right. And these provisions relating to the reporting in the income tax return has been. prevalent only for the last 6 7 years so most of the people are still not aware right i think here the employer the company should step in and maybe create some awareness among their employees some of the companies are doing that where they are granting the stocks of the overseas company they are uh, campaigning that the employees is re- employees are required to report this and some of the companies are act to do that So okay, so now we've discussed how it is taxed. Now about the declaration part, how are these stock options to be declared in the ITR? Yeah, in the ITR, the employees who have these stock options, which are called as foreign assets, have to use ITR two. They are not allowed to use ITR one. In the ITR two, there is a specific schedule for this purpose, which is called as FA schedule. In the FA schedule. There are reporting formats for different categories of foreign assets which are held. Say it could be overseas equity, it could be some financial interest, or it could be immovable property overseas. For each of these, there are different tables. I think there are about six or seven tables given in FX schedule. The employee who has these foreign equity shares, he has to report the details in the schedule or that table. which refers to the foreign equity and he has to give the details of the country where the shares are the name of the company the address of the company the initial value of investment the closing value of investment the value of uh, sales what he has made all these details have to be filled up also the employee has to report in the al schedule assets and liability schedule if his total income exceeds 50 lakh right so fa so in al al asset liability schedule no no uh, my question is do they have to declare in both fa schedule and al and or only al where if the income is above 50 lakh they have to report in fa schedule irrespective of the income level ah, right. in case of employees whose Total income is more than fifty lakh. They have to report at both the places. Okay, okay, interesting. And additional twist to this is, this FA schedule details have to be filled in on a calendar year basis. Though the employee is filing the income tax return for the financial year, since most of the overseas countries follow the calendar year. the government has made it mandatory 
that these details relating to overseas assets should be reported on a calendar year basis and in case those overseas assets of course uh, including this stocks what are held by the employees if they are held even for a fraction of a minute they are mm. supposed to report in the fa schedule because the term what has been used is any overseas assets which is held at any time during the year right it's not just reporting only if something remains at the end of the year even if a transaction happened during the course of the year they are supposed to report it right right which is why even when there are automated sales those still need to be reported correct okay so that brings us to the last question which is again about the notices because that seems to be a big problem right now so how does the it department how is it scrutinizing these cases is it under the black money act or is it under the it act and how serious are these notices presently the income tax department has collected information from several countries and they have issued the summons to the taxpayers here asking them to explain whether the details of these overseas assets have been reported in the income tax return if it is not reported the reason for that and also whether the income from these overseas assets have been offered to tax in india in many cases or rather most of the cases the employees with stock options have not reported also in some of the cases they have not offered dividend or interest or capital gains to tax in india in such cases what we have been observing is the income tax department has collected all this information and submissions from the concerned employees and at the moment we understand they are waiting for the instructions within the department on the way forward what we suppose is that the department will decide on the quantum based on which the action may be taken they may have a threshold say if somebody has not paid taxes of say 1 lakh rupee or 2 lakh rupee or if he has not reported assets worth say 10 lakh or something based on that they may decide whether the further action has to be taken at the moment the summons which have been issued by the income tax department is under the income tax act but later if they decide to proceed further they may take these cases under the black money act right so as you mentioned that right now the summons are under the it act uh but i mean are they equally serious i mean what 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 is it that the employee should know if if an employee if you know if an mnc employees gets such a notice should they i mean of course they should not panic but you know prima facie it notices can um, you know can be a little concerning so what is your advice to such employees even if they were to get such notices the first thing that they need to do is to go through all the details of the stocks what have they have received from beginning and identify if there is any unreported income also identify if there is any unreported transaction or assets i would also suggest them contact a person who has seen enough experience on this matter and prepare a proper reply to the income tax office it is also advisable for them to immediately compute the taxes and pay the interest 
so that they can explain to the income tax officer that they were unaware of this thing and immediately as soon as they came to know about this they have paid the taxes but interestingly under the black money act proceedings the taxes which have been paid after the receipt of the notice by the taxpayer and also any subsequent filing of updated return may not be recognized that is a fact but in case of any further proceedings under the black money act which could be levy of penalty or which could be prosecution proceedings the employee will be in a better position to say that he was ignorant until he received the notice hmm. will get substantiated if the appropriate amount of tax and interest is paid as soon as he comes to know that he has done an error right and is there also a penalty that could be slapped to these taxpayers yes for non reporting of the details in the fs schedule the employees may be penalized up to an amount of 10 lakh rupees per year also the department can go for prosecution under the black money act for non declaration of the assets in the fs schedule as or for non payment of payable taxes on these overseas income right wow can like is huge so yes the hope is that the department may not take up for petty cases perhaps they may try to target with some threshold right yeah all right so that brings us to the end of the episode today uh, thanks a lot mr hegde for joining us today and uh, giving us this very important information Uh, i'm sure that uh, our listeners who joined us today uh, if they happen to be mnc employees and they've got the stock options will find this podcast to be very useful for them thank you very much ah uh, you are welcome shubhra thank you that brings us to the end of today's episode if you would like to know more about this topic or make a suggestion of a personal finance topic that you would like us to cover i can be reached at twitter under the username of shubhra singh sorot and on linkedin at Shuprasing. Thank you for tuning in. See you in the next episode. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Hold up. 